0: If you have your Bibles today, I, I, I'm going to try to be as brief as possible. Everyone say, that's a miracle right there. How many believe in miracle power? Uh, I'm going to do my best today. Um, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 28. We've been in a series uh, uh, talking about the front line and what it means to be on the front line. And uh, my thought today is to talk about, uh, we talked about frontline faith two weeks ago last week we talked about frontline courage and uh it's a great topics but today i'm going to shift gears a little bit and i want to talk about the frontline church and what that means and and what that means as believers this is part three um genesis chapter 28 i'm going to read this and uh And then what I'll do, I'll pray after this. So let's, Genesis chapter 28, verse 16 and 17. I like this. It says this, verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Verse 17. And he was afraid and he said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than, then the house of God. Everyone say, the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Will you bow your heads with me today? God, I just thank you for your word today, God. I, I pray, Lord, that you would just have your way. God, thank you for, for being in our, in our midst today. Um, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, let your spirit begin to flow across this this building, continue to flow. God, I pray, Lord, that those who are watching online would feel the same spirit that is resting in this house right now. God, there's just a peace in this place right now. God, I pray, Lord, that you would hide me behind Calvary today, God, that you would anoint me, God, that you would use me how you see fit. God, give me the words to speak. Under the authority of the Holy Spirit, God, we'll give you the praise for everything that's accomplished. Everybody said, amen. 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 All right, everyone, look at your neighbor. Say it's good to see you. All right, good, good, good. All right. Um, Genesis chapter twenty-eight, verse sixteen, seventeen. I'm going to read it again. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, "Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it." I love this bit of scripture. Verse seventeen says, "And he was afraid and said," Everyone, read this with me. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And so, we've been in this series uh, talking about frontline, and we talked about having frontline faith. We discussed David's willingness to step up in faith and fight Goliath. And he said this thing the battle is the Lord's. How many know that the battle is the Lord's? How many know that the Lord has already won the battle? All right, sometimes we just got to step out in faith. And then last week we talked about frontline courage and how God called a mighty man of valor named Gideon, who was hiding in a hole. He was timid. He was scared. But God called him for not what uh, called him for what he was and not where he was. How many are glad that God called you for what you are, not where you were? Amen. And He called him a mighty man of valor, even though he was hiding in a hole uh, in the wine press. And so. And God instructed him uh, uh, to tear down the idols that his family had built and that the nation had built. And he did so in the in the evening, and and remember he, when everyone woke up, they were they were upset at him. And then God told him, "Hey, I'm going to give you an army to go fight the Midianites." And then so what happens is, you know the story. There was 120 Midianites, and there was only thirty uh, uh, about 32,000 Israelites that show up to the battle. And the God said, "I don't like these odds," and He tells him, "Hey." Uh, tell the ones that want to go home to go home. So, boom, 22,000 go home. You never give people the option to go home because then they'll go home. It's a lesson learned right there. And then God said, I still don't like these odds. And then he had a, a vetting process when they were drinking out of the, the Baroque. And, and he got down to 300 men. And God gave... Israel and Gideon, the, the battle that day with 300 versus 120,000. The odds may be stacked against you, but can I tell you, when God is in it, it doesn't matter what the odds are because he is triumphant. Amen? So this week, I want to talk to you about being a frontline church, and um, God has not called uh, his, his church to sit on the sidelines, but to be in the frontline of the battle. Oh, I didn't get a lot of amens on that one. You just want to sit in your nice cushy seat, right? Uh, listen, the battle, hey, this battle that we're in is not against flesh and blood. And thank you for sharing those scriptures this morning, Sula, talking about the old armor of God. And this battle that we're in, hey, is not against, uh, I'm not against Greg up here, okay? That's not my battle, okay? That's not where we're having problems. my, my The battle is, is, spiritually, I'm fighting an enemy called the devil. And the devil is fighting uh, to, to, to bring you down. And so the battle is not against flesh and blood. Sometimes we get in arguments with people. And listen, we need to remind ourselves the battle is not against flesh and blood. But sometimes it's the spirit that is conjuring up in somebody. And maybe even in us at times. Come on, somebody. I like what Paul said to Timothy. And I've been using this text throughout Is this. When he told him in 1 Timothy 6.12, we are to what? Everyone say it with me. Fight the good fight fight of faith. Everyone say it. Fight the good fight of faith. Come on. Fight the good fight of faith. All right. I think now you're ready to fight the good fight. Some of you are still waking up. And this is what I know. The, the, our enemy, the devil, is working overtime. He is working overtime, and listen, we don't have time as the church to sit by idly and let the devil work overtime and us do nothing and sit on the sideline. God has not called us to sit on the sideline, but he has called us to be on the front line or in the game. Listen, a lot of us want to be critics on the sideline. Oh, we don't like the way this is going and this is going. Well, let me tell you something. Get out on the field and help us fight this battle. Amen. I like what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18. He said, uh, and he's talking to Peter, and he said, and on this rock, I will build my church. You know, who's going to build the church? Jesus is going to build the church. It says, on this rock, I will build my church, and what the gates of hell shall not prevail against it listen God will build this thing it's not going to be by man it's not going to be by anything but he will build his church come on and give him praise I want you to get a little bit courageous and bold in your faith knowing that the gates of hell will not prevail when you move forward with what God is doing in your life amen Boy, that makes it a lot easier. Thank you, Jesus, for those words. Out there in our lobby, we have our mission statement. And um, our mission statement is out there. And, and I want to read this to you. It's, it's simply this right here. Just some, some simple things in our mission statement. To introduce people to Jesus Christ. Everyone say, I can do that. All right. See them filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, that's for me too. All right. Disciple them. To to a Christ-like maturity, everyone say, that's me too. And to equip them for their ministry and life mission. Powerful statements right there. Some powerful statements in our mission statement as a church. That's what we are about. And I want to talk to you today uh, just on being a frontline church. And, and some, some attributes of a frontline church. So, so knowing our mission statement, I'll read it again, is this, to introduce people to Jesus Christ, see them filled with the Holy Spirit, disciple them to Christ-like maturity, and to equip them for their ministry and life mission. You've got a part to play in this battle, folks. I love our staff they do everything they can and then some. I love our board. They do everything they can and then some. But you as a, as a person that attends or maybe a member of this church have a role in the battle. It takes all of us. So I want to talk to you what that looks like. Here's some attributes. Attribute number one right here is this. We want to be a, to be a frontline church. We want to be a church where people can come and connect to God. It's what we're about. I love our worship services. Uh, I love that when, when we have worship service and people just come to the front and begin to just worship the Lord or begin to pray about specific needs right in the middle of worship, you know what they are doing? They're coming up and finding a place to connect with the Almighty God, the creator of the universe. I love that. So in, in, our, in our mission statement, it says to introduce people to Jesus Christ and see them filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so when we talk about the, the church, our goal in everything that we do, whether we do it here in these four walls or whether we do it outside in the parking lot at the big drop or whether we do it at, at Becky's Place or Hope Resource Center or, or, uh, or Heaven Neve, or whatever outreach or wherever we go, whether we do it in Guatemala, come on somebody. Our goal is this. To introduce people to Jesus Christ. That's it. That's plain and simple. You know. Um, uh, You know. I love the statement, and one of my best friends says this. He says this all the time. Let's make Jesus famous. I don't know about you. I want to make Jesus famous. All right. I want to make Jesus famous. Uh, and our hope as a frontline church is that you would have an encounter with Jesus. Every time these doors are open, you you come in here. You feel the the, the stirring of the Spirit of God that you would have an encounter with Jesus. Amen. How many say, hey, I want to have an encounter with Jesus. I want to look at this encounter that Jacob had here in this moment when he had a dream here. And I, I read uh, the back part of this. But if you go back to verse 10, I'll, I'll read that. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. Through 13, it says this. It says, Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. Some, how many slip on a nice soft pillow last night? I wouldn't suggest going out and grabbing a stone and putting it under him. Maybe some of you say, that might help my neck. I don't know. But look at this, verse 12. And he slept with that stone underneath his head. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and Descending on it. How many have ever heard this before? How many, how many have heard this story in the Bible? And so Jacob has this dream and he's sleeping there with, a, with his pillow and uh, his rock pillow. Not soft, not feathers, you know, not cooling on one side. I don't, I don't know, does the rock pillow get, get hot? I don't know if it would or would it. I'm not sure. Someone, someone try that out for me and let me know, okay? But, but he has this dream, and, and in this dream there's a ladder or there's a stairway to, where angels are uh, ascending, and they're descending right there from heaven to earth. And I like this because this is a picture for us of how God interacts with us. You know, there's an exchange right now happening from heaven to earth. Matter of fact, Scripture says if we bind it on earth, he'll what? He'll bind it in heaven. Or if we loose it on earth, he'll loose it in heaven. There's an exchange. You know, I love what Jesus, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's about bringing what's up there down here. Amen. And so I love this. This It's a beautiful picture for us. But notice Jacob, it says this, he came to a certain. Certain place, certain place, and the thing about this, I begin to think about this, it's not so much the physical location necessarily, but it's a place where your heart is open. How many of you came to a certain place one day where you realized, I need Jesus to save me? And it doesn't matter the location. Some of you could say, hey, I got saved somewhere else. I got saved in, 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 in you know, Egypt. I got saved wherever you, wherever you want to call that place. But it's not so much the physical place as much as it is about connecting with God and having a per- personal relationship with him. So get this picture. So think about this. I probably should have got a ladder in here. That would have been great. Get this picture of this ladder with these angels uh, uh, and they're descending and they're ascending to heaven. And Jesus, you know, he prayed that prayer, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God, what's happening up there, Lord, let it come down here to earth. I don't know about you. I want what's happening in heaven to come down here and visit us. I want to see the tangible presence of God. I want to know what's happening up there. And I say, God, here I am, Lord, and I want to worship you, and I want to connect with the God of the universe who's with me today. So Jacob, he awakes, and he says, surely the Lord... Was in this place and I didn't know it. Have you ever left church and said, surely the Lord was in that place and I didn't know it. That's not a good place to be. Or have you ever left church and said, boy, God was really moving in that place, but I sure missed it today. Oh, I've been there. been there in my life. But I, what I like what, what Jacob says. How awesome is this place? Everyone say, awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the what? The what? The what? Oh, how many want to see heaven come down? It comes to the place of the encounter with the almighty God. That's where it starts. It comes to that place. And that's where Jacob is. See, uh, 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 this this place has to be a house. Listen to me. It has to be a house where we can connect with God and you've heard me say it, you know, uh, these altars are open all the time. I, I begin to think about this, you know, You when you know that you know you feel the presence of God. We had a foreign exchange student when I was when I was growing up that, that lived with us. Matter of fact, she was she went to the school and I befriended her and she didn't have a good living arrangement. She came to school crying one day and, and I said, what's going on? Her name was Mio and she's from Japan. And I said, what's going on Mio? And my parents, uh, being the good kid that I am, and my, my brother and sister had moved out, we were living in our house, and I said, what's going on, Mio? She said, I'm just upset about this situation, and my housing situation is just not really good. And I said, and I told her, and honestly, my parents would probably kill me. I said, why don't you come live with us? I did. I literally did. So, why don't you come live with us? And she said, okay. I didn't really think nothing of it. Well, that night, she calls the house. It says, I'm ready to come in and move. And my parents were like, what? It's a true story. But so she moved in with us. My parents were pastors uh, of a church. And, and so what do we do? We took her to church with us. That's what we do. And you know what? Mio came from a Buddhist background, Buddhist background in Japan. Did you know that only 4% of people in, in Japan are Christians? So she comes, and she's sitting in church, and we're having worship service, and she's sitting right here, up here in the front, and she is not sure what's going on. But we're watching her during service after service, and we're seeing God just begin to break her, and she just begins to cry. She's lifting her hands. She may not understand everything, but she's having an encounter with God and would come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I love that. It's a beautiful picture for us. And 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 I and, and you know people come in and say, Man, there's just something I feel in that house. And you know what I say? I know what that was. It's the Holy Spirit. I know what you're feeling. I know that tugging that you're feeling in your heart. Some of you right now, the Holy Spirit's stirring within you, and I know what it is. I just have to look and smile. So I want you to look at this. In in, in John chapter one. We see Jesus, he's calling his disciples. Not to step on the big drop or anything right here, right now. But Jesus, he's, he's calling his disciples to come and follow him. And he sees Philip and he says, hey, come follow me. So Philip follows him. Then Philip does what, what we as believers ought to do. He After an encounter with Jesus, he runs to Nathaniel to tell him, hey, I have found the Messiah. You ought to know him. Once we have an encounter with Jesus, you know what our job should be, we should be like Philip, go tell someone else about Jesus, I love this, I love his response, he runs to Nathaniel and says, I I have found the one who Moses Law talked about, who the prophets prophesied about, it's Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, and what did Nathaniel say, oh man, he reminds me of us, is there, and he says this, is there any good that comes out of Nazareth, like some of us around here, is there any good that comes out of Springville, come on somebody, some of you are going, watch it now, Watch it now. I could say, is there any good that comes out of Williams? Woo! Watch it now. <laughs> and Nathaniel says, is there any good that could come out of Nazareth? You know, and he knew the area that Jesus was from, and he says, "There's, there's, it's not good." And you gotta love—I love Philip's response to him. He's like, "You know what? Come and see." Come with me. You, you, you think you know, but you don't know yet. Come on, buddy. So he, he instructs him and asks him to come. And I wonder what would happen if we told our skeptical friends who don't know Jesus, who say, hey, that Jesus stuff, that's all good, but that's not for me. If we would respond to them and say, hey, come with me and see. I encourage you. Hey, come, come with me to church one time. Hey. Hey. Bring somebody. A frontline church tells the gospel to everyone and anyone they see. I don't know about you, but there is an urgency right now in the body of Christ, and we have got to get on the front line and start telling people about the saving grace of Jesus Christ again. Amen. All right. And then we see this exchange between Nathaniel and Jesus. Look at this in John chapter 1, verse 47, 49, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said to him. I like Jesus' response here. He's a little, he's a little, uh, Jesus, he's got a little bit, he, he kind of reminds me, he's, he's kind of picking at him. Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. A little jab at Nathaniel. Oh, so I'm just for a little guy from Nazareth. Okay. Well, you're an Israelite with no deceit, right? And Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Philip uh, and Nathaniel goes, Oh, snap. I was under a fig tree. How, how did this guy know this? And I look at this verse, if you jump down to verse 51, it says, And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open. Look at this. Look at this picture. And the angels of God doing what? Ascending and descending on what? Oh." This is good. This is rich today. Did you catch that? Picture this. There are angels there they're ascending and they're they're dis, they're descending on what? The son of man. I, what I'm trying to say today is this. Jesus Christ is the ladder. Jesus Christ is the ladder. There's no way to the Father except through Jesus Christ the ladder. If you're going to get to heaven, you're going to have to ascend higher on the ladder to Jesus Christ. You need to tell somebody about the ladder experience that you've had and say you need to get Get up on this ladder and know this Jesus. Woo! I'm wound up today. And Jesus is the ladder between heaven and earth. The f- and, and the frontline church always points to Jesus. Come and see. Come and see. Come and experience this. This ladder, look at this. This is this is this is how we get what's up there down here. It's through Jesus Christ. Oh, man. And this is what I've learned in my life. Every day, I, and I started climbing this ladder a long time ago. Every day, I take higher steps, and I go a little bit higher. And I say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm getting closer. God, I'm getting closer. And I begin to just walk with him. Amen. So this will be a church. And, and listen to me. I'm saying this as a pastor. This will be a church, a place where people can connect to the almighty God through the ladder, Jesus Christ. Come on, if you're with me, give Jesus Christ a hand. I love that. Here's number two right here. We have to be a church that nurtures and grows uh, us in our faith. So so a frontline church is a church that nurtures and grows uh, us in our faith. So uh, the second part of our mission statement is this. Disciple them to a Christ-like maturity. Everyone likes this until we get to the maturity part. That means, what am I saying? You got to grow up. Listen, some of you. Are walking in the same place you were six months ago, maybe a year ago, but every day with Jesus, I climb another round, and I get a little bit higher, and I get a little bit closer here. so So what is our goal here 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 at this church? we We connect in the presence of the Lord, but we also we also have to grow a frontline church is doing this it 's discipling people to Christ to maturity. Why? Because the Bible tells us to. Look at this, Colossians 1.28. I love this bit of scripture. It says this. Uh, uh, him we proclaim, talking about Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that, they, uh, that we may present everyone what? 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 Some of you need to stop being baby Christians and step it up. Oh, man, boy, that's tough instructions, Pastor. Well, listen, it's about growth. It's about maturing. It's why we have processes that we have. It's our job to take you deeper in the Word of God. And we have opportunities to grow one another when we get around each other. Iron, sharpening iron. Look at this, Ephesians 4.10. I like this. This is a good one. Everyone looks at your neighbor and say, hey, this is a good one. Look at this. Oh, look at this language. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens. You see the picture that I'm painting today? That he might what? Fill all things. Verse 11 says this. And he gave the apostles, uh, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Look at this. To equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Look at this, verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature to manhood, to mature to womanhood in Christ, to, uh, to measure the stature of the fullness of Christ. Everyone, look at your neighbor and say, I have not arrived yet. All right, you're with me today. Oh, man, look at this. Uh, Put up that picture for me, Tristan. I want you to look at this picture. Everyone go, oh, isn't that cute? we got kids dressed up right here. Isn't this beautiful? But I want to challenge you. I want to show you something. Look at this. While they're cute and while we can look at this picture and we can smile and say, hey, this is beautiful. See this young lady down here in the corner? She's, she has got a, 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 a pilot's outfit on. If you went to Indianapolis today and you were getting on the plane and that young lady was in the cockpit, some of you would be like, I am not getting on this plane. Why? Why? Because she's not old enough, she's not mature enough, she has not been trained enough, she doesn't know how to handle perfect situations in the air. And listen, so, so let's go a little bit further. How about this young lady in the middle, uh, this, this nurse or this doctor right here? How many would go into the doctor's office with an ailment and be like, hey, check me out and tell me what's wrong with me? They would probably just hit your knee because they like doing that, right? What am I saying? Listen. God may have called you, but there's a place where you've got to grow and you've got to mature and you've got to get past this point. You want to be used by God, you got to get past this point. In that comes getting in the word of God, understanding what the word of God says about you, knowing all those things. It's about going to men's group, going to women's group, going to prayer night, going to Wednesday night Bible study where we have classes all over this place that are equipping you, that are helping you grow, and that are saying, hey, I'm not going to stay stagnant, I'm going to move where God is. God wants me to be. It's why we have growth tracks to get you connected to groups and to grow and to get closer to the Lord. The frontline church is discipling from the youngest to the oldest. Say, I'm, I'm old. You still got discipling that needs to happen. Amen. So look at this, uh, I've heard it many times, I, uh, I, don't, I don't go to church, and how many have ever heard this? I don't, I don't go to church and I don't get connected because the church hurt me. And let me tell you, when I hear that, I, I empathize with people because I, I know sometimes certain situations happen. And church hurt sometimes is the worst hurt. And I'm sorry if the church hurt you or you feel like the church has hurt you. But here's the deal. I, I saw this illustration. I thought this was beautiful. You know, if you have a young piano player and they are playing a piece by Beethoven and they butcher it really, really, really bad, you don't blame Beethoven because they misplayed the song. And some people listen. Some people sometimes, sometimes immaturity in leadership. Sometimes they fail. They drop the ball. But you got to give grace sometimes. And they're learning. And they're in their process too. And and listen, don't 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 throw Jesus out because somebody did not show the love of Jesus like they needed to. We're all growing. Everyone, look at your neighbor. And say you're growing. Oh, and oftentimes we want to blame blame churches, or we want to for for but immature leaders or whatever the case listen just get into god and let god lead and guide you amen and sometimes in discipleship it uh, this word comes out of discipleship everyone say discipline oh pastor you had me till you said discipline right you know what i don't like going to the gym i get to go to the gym that's how I have to look at it. Matter of fact, uh, me and Wyatt, we've we've been trying to get back into the gym, and we went and did, and he loves leg day. No, he doesn't. He hates leg day, and 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 I push him on leg day because I, I told Wyatt I, a long time ago. I learned if you don't learn to love leg day, you will skip it. Am I right? <laughs> If you don't, and I just, and I, so I made a, I made, uh, I hate it. I honestly do hate it deep down inside. But I made a point to be like, I'm going to love this exercise. I'm going to love doing squats. I'm going to love making myself nearly throw up. I'm going to love doing that process. And so in this process, me and Wyatt, we're working through this. And we walk out of the gym like this. And the next day we're walking like this. And the next day. But it's. Discipline, it's day after day after day, discipleship over and over again. It's discipline in the word, discipline in prayer. See, it's like what we do with our children. This is what happens. Sometimes in church, you got to be disciplined, amen. Oh, pastor, I remember when I was young, my mom pulled me out of church because I was loud. And you don't know my mom. She's the sweetest lady. She really is the one of the sweetest ladies. She pulled me out of church and I was being a mess. And, and she she got a little switch. How many know what I'm talking about? And she got a little switch and she spanked me. And she looked at me in the eyes in all pure love. And she said, do you know why I spanked you? And I looked at her with tears in my eyes and said, because you are a mean woman. And I got a second one. <laughs> I never said that again, but... But sometimes discipline has to happen. See, here's what, like our kids, listen, all you parents can understand and know exactly what what I'm talking about here. What we do with our kids, what do we do with them? We connect with them, we direct them, and we try to inspire them. That's what we do, right? We connect with them, we get in their world, we try to do things that they do, and then we, we direct them when they need to be redirected. Listen, that is a bad choice. Listen, that is a bad, listen, that is a bad choice, and we redirect them and help them out. And then there are times where we just inspire them and say, hey, you can do big things. You can do leg day, Wyatt. You can do big things. And there are times for connection in the body of Christ. And there are times for direction. And there are times for inspiration. I think it's a beautiful picture of what discipleship looks like. Same goes for you and me. There are times that where, where I need to connect with people. Maybe at men's group. And Jody talks about a lot at men's group is this. Hey, find you an accountability partner. That's tough. It's discipline. I, I, I don't want to be in the same place. I want to go higher. I want to do more for the Lord. And, and talking about uh, uh, connecting. And then there's a time for direction, right? There's directions in our life. See, we all need correction from time to time. Amen. Here's the deal. If I'm speeding and get a ticket, it's because I'm speeding. And I need some direction change. And that's when the officer comes up and says, do you know how fast you're going? I sure don't. Well, you're going this fast. Well, I will slow down. And after I pay that ticket, I slow down, right? And I need some, some correction at times in my life. And you know what happens when I'm corrected? Especially after I get a ticket, everyone else on the road is safer because I'm, I'm not speeding and doing something I shouldn't be doing. And here's the last one. also there's inspiration. To be better. To, to, get, to get a pat on the back. How many like a pat on the back? Everyone pat yourself on the back. Don't pull your muscle. Just try to pat yourself on the back right now. Listen, we all need a pat on the back, everyone. So I love to inspire. But listen to me. If we just inspire and we don't correct, we're going to have issues. If we just inspire and we don't uh, direct or we don't connect, we're going to have issues. If I just connect and I don't inspire, it takes all three things to come to maturity. I want to say next year at this time that I'm closer to God spiritually than I am today. How about you? All right. Our hope as a church is to connect with uh, uh, and direct you to maturity and inspire you to serve uh, in the kingdom. We'll be a church that nurtures and grows your faith. Listen, we're, we're working on processes, getting better and better and better. All right, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Right here, number three, right here. We are going to be a, a church, a frontline church is a church that... Is committed. Oh, man, you're talking about discipline. You're talking about commitment. Whoo. These are great words, right? The last part of our mission statement says this. And to equip them for their ministry and life mission. We not only want to see you disciple and grow, but we want to see you do what God created you to do. How many want to do what God created you to do? Amen. I, I do. Uh, see, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to tell the. I'm going to tell you. This. I'm going to challenge you right here. You might. You might hear some challenging statements from me at this point. But there's a correlation between serving and maturity in Christ. All right. There is a correlation between serving the Lord and a maturity in Christ. You are going to grow. You know where I grew the most in my in my relationship with the Lord when I began to serve in church and I began to uh, do things that were that were tough on me, that stretched me, that that made me grow. Uh, uh, listen, our church serves well. Our church serves well. How many? I, our church serves well, but we could always be better. Oh, man, Pastor, you, you are just pushing us, pushing us, pushing us, because I believe God is taking us somewhere. And listen, if you're going to go somewhere that you've never been, you've got to do things that you've never done. Amen? So look at this. Look at this. In Genesis chapter 28, it says this, verse 20, 22. This is a beautiful bit of Scripture right here. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and I will give and and, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear how many know that God will supply your needs Notice he's saying, God, if you'll just meet my needs, if you'll give me clothes and something to eat, not give me the big house over on Lake Monroe, no, 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 Lord, if you'll just meet my needs, look at this, verse 21, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall what? Be my God. Look at this, <laughs> this next big scripture. And this stone, okay, this rock I slept on, which I've set up for a pillar, or I've made an altar for this, shall be God's house, and all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. So look at this. I I love this. Notice verse 22. That Jacob, he creates an altar where, where his life was transformed with the rock that he used as a pillow. I'll never forget, and you've heard me say this, and I don't want to be a broken record, but I'll never forget uh, the the day that I I rededicated my life and the change that happened. I remember what, what, I mean, the lights. I remember what it smelled like, and it was so real to me. I can go back to that moment in my mind and say, God, that is the place that I connected with you. That is the place, Lord, where I started walking and stepping up that ladder and began to change. How many remember the day you were changed? See, here's what happened. When I experienced God that day, I gave God 100% of me. It was going to be all or nothing. Because God doesn't want just 90% of you. He wants... God wants what? Oh, come on. This is better than what you're, what you're shouting right now. I know this is challenging. I know this is a different word. But listen, I, I think sometimes we, you know, it, it, we overcomplicate it. It's a lot simpler than what, what we want to make it at times. And we overcomplicate it maybe just to use it as a, a way to not have to do something. But look at this. Here's what I know about commitment. Commitment is a foundation. How many are glad that your foundation of your house is committed to doing what it's doing? If that foundation wasn't committed, maybe, maybe it's going in a sinkhole. I don't know. But if it's not committed and it begins to break, then the house begins to crumble. And here's what I want to challenge you today. I'm going I'm to throw some challenging things out today. And listen to me. I'm going to do it in love. I'm going to do it in the most love that I can here. But we have to be committed to the Lord and to his unity. And we've got to do it. We've got to match the severity of the world's disunity means that we're going to have to look at each other and say, hey, I love you. Right now we may be having a little bit of rift, but I love you in Christ. I'm going to get behind you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some extra time with you. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to do this. And it says that Jacob took this stone as a pillar and he laid it down and he made an altar of it so he could have a remembrance of that moment. I like this. He's saying, I, I'm planting my feet where God is doing something and has done something for me. I'm not going to chase this new thing and that new thing and this excitement, but God, I am planting where you have me. Everyone say commitment. Here's another one. Here's commitment uh, is investment. Oh, here we go, Pastor. I knew you were going to cover this. Listen, uh, investment is this. It's not just financial, it's time, it's service, and it also is financial. It's, it's all of those things. Commitment is investment. You say, oh, pastor, you, I saw that sneak in there with Jacob there. He gave a tenth. Here's the thing. It's my job to give you as a pastor direction. You say, why are, you, why are you talking about that? I don't talk about finances very often. Very, very seldom have you heard me talk about tithe, but listen to me. There's As, a, as your pastor, I want to challenge you. If you're not giving what God asks of you, do it. The scripture says, try me on this. The, the, God says, try me on this and see if I don't pour out a blessing on you. And listen, I am living proof. When I encountered God, I gave God 100% of me, and that means my finances too. Every part of me. Here you go, God. This is yours see I, I I don't I don't I want you to be blessed how many want to be blessed all right when you commit to give to God he will bless you and I can promise you that but more importantly he promises that and I'm not just up here just shouting that listen our church I mean. I'm excited about so many things. God has blessed this house. God has blessed this house. God has blessed this house abundantly. You, you don't even know. It's amazing what God is doing. But I promise you this. When you give to God, when you give to God, I promise you as a pastor, we're going to be diligent. We're going we're gonna to support ministries. We're going to do everything that we can to spread the message of Jesus Christ as effectively as we can to every party that we can and, and, and watch this thing grow. Here's what's interesting, commitment. When I took a vow with Tristan, I didn't say, hey, I, I just, I'll just i be with you until you get sick. Or I'll be with you until times get hard. But let me tell you something, if that was the case, uh, you know, there may have been times that we, she'd have been long gone and I'd have been long gone by now. But here's the thing, when we said, I do, on that day, in hot July day in California, sweating. I was sweating because I was scared. No, I'm just kidding. When we made those vows, it was forever. When we make a commitment to the Lord, we say, hey, God, I'm, I'm going to serve you. I don't care if it gets rough, God, I'm going to trust you. God, if it gets, Lord, if you're calling me out to do something that's uncomfortable, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm committed to you. How many of you say, hey, I'm committed to seeing what God is going to do. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Real fast here. We got to be committed to God. We got to be committed to each other. We got to be committed in our hearts, mind, and soul. Share the gospel, hurting people. Pray for those who need it. Amen. Three examples, real fast. I'm going to do these really fast, I promise. Closing, promise. Closing number one. All right. Jacob, in in Genesis 32, he, he comes back to this place and he wrestles with the Lord. Let me know that story. It's a beautiful story. He had, as he's wrestling with the Lord, he, he left that moment, God, uh, uh, the angel or, or, or Christ, a or Christophany, and it, it displaced his hip. He's wrestling. He will not let go of the angel. And he's like, I got to go back. I got to go back up to heaven. He said, you won't let him go. I said, I will not let you go till you bless me. And one of the angel do? He said, okay, I'll bless you. But boom, he hits his hip. And, and he leaves that situation. And he's got a little gimp. But he's got a, his walk is different. When he leaves that moment, he has a moment where he has changed, and he is com- his commitment level goes up. And I love what the angel says, hey, hey, Jacob, your name is Deceiver. That's what your name means, but now I'm going to call you Israel, which is triumphant in God. And, and, and there's, I, I see the good in you, and God's got something for you. And from that moment, he begins to walk forward in the calling that God has called him to do. Amen. And a nation is born from him. Love this. Look at this. Nathaniel, remember, he was He was skeptical. Jesus read his mail that day. And I knew where you were, Philip. You were under the fig tree. And God sees us where we are and he calls us out, up towards him. Come on. Come on. Nathaniel, he leaves that moment and that encounter with Jesus forever changed. Here's another one. How about Peter? I, 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 man, I'm going to have to apologize to Peter when I get to heaven because I, I am hard on this guy. Because uh, he's the loudest. He puts his foot in his mouth the most. He's... I mean, he he sinks in the water. I mean, he has all kinds of things that just working against him. He denied Jesus three times. But I love this, you know, God picks him to preach the first message of the New Testament church, just how good God is. It's like, I'm so patient with you. I got you, Peter. It's going to be all right. And on the day of Pentecost, it starts with Peter, the, the New Testament church starts with Peter proclaiming a message because, number one, He's committed to the Lord. He's given God 100%. He's grown in the Lord, and here he is. He, he's walking this out. So so if God could take broken, messed up people and turn them around and like Jacob, Nathaniel, and Peter, listen to me. He can do it for you. I don't care where you're at in your situation. We you stand with me? Stand with me all across this building. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for your word. Listen, it takes his presence, it takes maturing relationships, and and it takes commitment to the call of God for your life. Listen, that's a frontline church, and when soldiers line up with that and we begin to make that happen, this this church will move forward. It'll do things that it's never done. It'll go places it's never get, been because God will walk with us. I believe, listen to me, I believe like Jacob, there are pillars in this house right now. I believe there are people that are saying I, I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit to what God is doing. I'm going to commit to what he's doing in my life and I'm going to move forward in that. We, If you're with me, say, hey, I'm with you, Pastor. That's me. That's me today. That's me today. Amen. So let's do this. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you today. God, I pray for every person in this house today. God, I pray that if they don't know you as their personal Savior, Lord, that they would make a commitment to you, that your saving grace could bring them out of of the depravity of sin. God, that it could set them free. God, that it can can move them to places that they never thought they could go. God, I ask today, Lord, that you would bless every person, Lord, in this house. God, I pray, Lord, that when they come to this house, God, when they're in their own home, God, that they build an altar, a place to connect. I pray that the presence of God would go before them. I, I ask, Lord, that you would stay behind them, that you would be to their right and be to their left as they walk. God, I pray, Lord, that your presence would just encompass them, be around them, cover them with your grace today. Jesus. God, I pray right now, Lord, for those who are on the next step. Maybe they're maturing in Christ. They're still growing in you. God, that is every one in this building. God, I pray today, Lord, that that we would grow, God, that we would grow roots, that we would sprout in the name of Jesus. God, I believe, Lord, that there are some mighty oaks, God, and maybe they feel like a sapling, but God, as the roots go down, God, the tree begins to go up, God. God, I believe that they are going to grow to be mighty men and women of God who are going to serve a purpose to spread the kingdom of God. Amen. God, and I pray right now for those, Lord, who who are on the bubble. God, I pray for commitment, a new level of commitment to you, God, knowing, Jesus, that you are the ladder, Lord. The encounter. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want you to know Him today. If, if just with all heads bowed, all eyes closed. I'm going to give you a moment to know Him. If you if you don't know Jesus, with uh, while the Holy Spirit's moving in this house, and just take this moment, say, "Hey, Pastor, I, I don't know Jesus. I, I need a relationship with Him." If that's you, just lift up your hand. Anybody in this building right now? I'm going to give you a moment. Thank you. thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, will you will you just say this prayer with me today? Say, Lord, everybody say, Lord, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for all my sins. God, I have failed. God, I have sinned. God, I have made mistakes. But I know, Lord, your grace is for me. God, I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, that he lived a life, a pure life, that he died on the cross, and he raised from the grave, and ascended to heaven, and he is sitting there interceding for me right now. God, I confess, God, all my wrongdoings, and I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise for those ha- Amen. Listen, heaven's shouting right now. Heaven's shouting right now. Listen, if you made that commitment today. I want to congratulate you on the best decision you'll ever make. Listen, if there's a card, fill it out. Come see me. Come talk to me. I want to talk to you. I, I want to get to know you. I want to I want to just uh, get you connected, get you some things moving forward, and, and and just love on you today. So will you stretch your hands this way? I, I just want to bless you today. We'll have some announcements. I'm, I'm so sorry that I went a little bit long today, but how many can say God is good? Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Lord, make us... Uh, Be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise.